0: Welcome to This Week in Lotus. The weekly roundtable discussion of all things social, collaboration, technology and community. Here's your host, Stuart McIntyre.
1: This Week in Lotus, episode 15 for Friday 27th August 2010. All salesmen are coin-operated.
0: This week in Lotus is sponsored by moo.com, the home of the finest custom business cards, mini cards, postcards and much more. For more information and for details of exclusive promotional offers, browse to thisweekinlotus.com. moo
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of This Week in Lotus. It's Stuart McIntyre here and as usual we're joined by a number of folks from around the community for a hour-long discussion um, to chat about the latest news in the community and what's been going on this week. So um, as as is usually the case, joined by Darren Duke. Hi there Darren.
2: Good morning Stuart, how are you?
1: I'm very, very good, thank you. Recording on a Thursday just for once. How about you, you well?
2: Uh, Yes, and this is my fault to everyone who's listening because I will be on a long flight tomorrow morning to Utah from Atlanta, so yes, I moved the call this week.
1: That's okay. At least we'll publish on a Friday for once, which (laughs) is good. We'll (laughs) be on schedule, so uh, so that's great. Um, As as I mentioned, we're joined by a number of folks from around the community for our discussion this week, and we're going to start off with somebody else in the UK. We've got David Hay joining us. Uh, Dave's from IBM UK, works for ISSL. Hi there, Dave. Good morning, Stuart. Well, in fact, good afternoon, Stuart, because it's just flipped midday here. How are you? Yeah, really good, thank you. It's great to have you on. We've mentioned you a few times on the podcast already. I think Ray Davies mentioned you on one of the early episodes. Um, and also, of course, you won our book too, didn't you? Um, the uh, the book on uh, on user adoption. Absolutely.
3: Michael Sampson's book, and it's actually been quite an eye-opener. I'm reading it for the second time now, so I don't normally read a book back-to-back twice, apart from Harry Potter. And uh, I would put this in the same category as Harry Potter, but perhaps different.
1: <laughs> 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 yeah, I would hope there's some differences there. Excellent. Well, both Darren and I have read it and really rate it as a book. So we can recommend that to other listeners. So thanks for joining us today, Dave. Uh, we also have my uh, partner in crime from Lotusphere this year. We have Rob Wonderlick joining us. Hello, Rob.
4: Oh, good morning and greetings from uh, the the Midwest, US.
1: Midwest. So what time zone is that? Are you five hours behind us or six?
4: Yeah, well, you know, it's interesting. Uh, we're in Michigan. I'm in Michigan, which is about as far west as you can go and still be in eastern. Okay. So it's uh, we're still on New York time, but... Uh but it's it's we're much closer to Chicago.
1: Terrific. Well, thank you for getting up so early to join us today, Rob. Uh, My you, pleasure. What what kind of products and stuff have you been working on lately? We obviously presented on connections. You've been doing quite a lot of connections work. <laughs> uh,
4: uh, so the audience knows. Uh, Stuart knows that I have been uh, doing a connections project because there have been four thousand six hundred twenty-seven Skype conversations and <laughs> telephone calls <laughs> with uh, with Stuart about stuff. But uh, yeah, I've been uh, I've been doing a lot of stuff. I've been doing a lot of independent projects. Projects uh, over the course of the past couple of months since I saw you down in Orlando, and uh, they have done uh, both domino things and connections things, and in, including a, um, a connections to five project here just within uh, the, the past couple of weeks. So I've been trying to stay busy.
1: Tremendous. So good. That, that's really good news to hear. Um, and our final guest today is a special uh, last minute guest, just because he, he's uh, staying with Darren, is Bob Balaban. Hi there, Bob. Hi, how are you doing? Really, really good. It's great to have you on the podcast. You've been on our list of people who we should invite for a while now, so it's great to have you on. So what's, well, it, like, what's it like staying in the Duke household?
5: It's very comfortable.
1: <laughs> and I hear you went out for, what's it, cheesecake last night?
5: <laughs> yeah, lots <laughs> and lots of cheesecake.
1: Okay, I think that must be Lisa's influence. But it's, it's great to have you on the call today. I really appreciate you joining us. So, as usual, Pleasure. As usual, we go through a list of topics from this week um, in the news on Planet Lotus and just generally in the community. Um, And the really big topic this week is clearly the new release of Notes and Domino 852. Um, It it sort of came out for public um, availability on Tuesday this week, uh, as previously scheduled from the announcement letter on the 24th. Um, And it's now available for people to download, uh, assuming they can download it, of course. We'll get to that in a minute. So, Darren, how about you start? How have you found the uh, GA version of 852?
2: As you alluded to, once I was able to basically hack passport or back, hack Partner World to get the version that I wanted, um, it's actually very, very fast. It seems to be substantially faster than even Code Job A, because a, a lot of people on here are design partners. So we've been running it for a while. And the only thing I can guess is that there's a whole host of debug code that was turned on in core job 8 and has been turned off in Gold because it just seems so much snappier. Even even, even the client stand-up, which was fast anyway, seems to be so much bang, 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 and, and the whole managed replica thing is just beautiful.
1: Yeah, certainly. That's the feedback I've seen as well. I think Keith uh, Brooks blogged about the speed improvements, and, and that's been pretty apparent. How about Dave? Are you running 8.5.2 yet? I am. I downloaded it this morning, having got into
3: Hursley to utilise their huge bandwidth my bandwidth at home is not so great but uh the bandwidth in Hersley is somewhat better so i've downloaded the clients for both mac and for ubuntu linux which i run on my thinkpad and actually i then found out that i could get it through one of the ubuntu repositories we have here in ibm so it was an even more streamlined uh, streamed seamless even upgrade than uh, you might expect but i'm running it on both mac and ubuntu and uh, impressed with the performance both, both on both machines
1: Excellent. And I guess you've been running code drop versions as well, have you, during the the beta process?
3: Yes. So on the, again, on both Mac and uh, Linux, I've been running various versions of the beta. The Linux uh, machine has been slightly ahead of the Mac, partly for stability reasons and partly for the fact that the Linux machine had access to the beta through, again, a Synaptic repository, which meant every so often Synaptic would prompt me to upgrade to the latest beta. And it's been, again, as I say, Very seamless and very smooth, so I can't comment on the Windows install because I don't use Windows anymore, but uh, on Linux and Mac,
1: absolutely impressed. Tremendous. And how about you, Bob? Are you on 8.5.2?
5: No, not yet. I rarely have a need to actually jump on the newest thing right away. Plus, it's hard for me to install things because I have four versions of the client and two of the server on my (laughs) laptop. Goodness me, okay. So everything has to be hacked, especially.
1: Okay. (laughs) I mean, from a development point of view, have you seen anything in 8.5.2 you'd like to play with, that you'd like to, to yes. get forward onto? Yes.
5: Yes. Uh, I, I haven't checked recently, but I think uh, I was told that a new set of REST APIs for the server should be released in 8.5.2. Does anyone know if that's really true?
2: Pass.
1: Yeah, pass here too. We need another developer on the call. We'll we'll check up on that. Maybe one of us can check the uh, release notes before the end of the the podcast, and we'll we'll get back to that one. How about you, Rob? Are you uh, looking forward to eight five two?
4: Yeah, I, I I have to confess I haven't downloaded the gold code yet, um, but yes, part of the customer project back a couple months ago, I I had gotten the eight five two. I forget now. I think it was code drop four or something that I had been. Been uh, working with with this customer, um, and partially had to do with some of the the widget stuff, and uh, in in particular the 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 Domino side of serving widgets within the iNotes client, um, and and there are there's some interesting things that are are happening there, and um, I, I think as it, as it begins to develop a little bit, there's supposedly some capability that, uh, as they say, has not quite hit the documentation yet. So we'll uh we'll we'll see what ends up happening with all that. But yeah, I've uh, I've been playing with the eight five two betas, but I have not yet or, or beta, as you said. Um have not quite uh, gotten the download, the gold download yet, but uh that's that's on the to do list. Okay, and so and,
2: going down. and I'm looking now and there actually there is some new REST API settings that apparently now you can in the in the application properties allow Domino REST API operations on a per database level, and I think that used to be per server. So, if that's what you're asking, Bob, then yes, it's in there.
5: Excellent.
1: Tremendous. So, so, looking through some of the other sort of major updates that people will notice, um, certainly that there's been some uh, improvements to, to recent contacts, which I think Nathan blogged about yesterday. Uh, Darren, have you, have you looked into that? It looks like you can now delete out people from your um, recent contacts.
2: Yeah, you know, recent contacts has always been one of these things that I think was a, a good idea destroyed by a bad implementation. Um, and that's no offense to anybody but wrote it, it just was it seems like a good idea until 8.0 came out and you couldn't actually delete any recent contacts. So I think over the, the last year and a half the iteration has turned into a a lot better function. So there's a couple of things. One is, like Nathan had blogged about, you can actually delete a a recent contact right from when type ahead. But more importantly for me, you can actually now say, don't don't include anybody in a CC or a BCC field in recent contacts, which cuts down a lot of the crap
4: that actually gets in there. Yeah, I I totally agree with that one, incidentally. I think that uh, I, I totally agree that it was a great idea I totally agree with the fact that it did not work, and the, the biggest issue that I had was, I mean, I take a look at my recent contacts, and it's like I, I have no clue how some of these people got there. <laughs> and it turns out, yeah, I was included in some you know massive mailing, and all those people ended up in recent contacts. That alone, I think that being able to turn off that the, CCC, the, C- <laughs> the CC business, that alone fixes two-thirds of what was wrong with it.
1: And do you know if you turn that feature off, does it go back and delete people out that were in previous CCs, or is it only from that point forward?
2: I do not believe it's retroactive, if that's the question.
4: Yeah, I I don't know, but I, I can't imagine it would be.
1: Because I, th- I think you guys are right in that it, it seemed to be a really useful feature that wasn't maybe implemented as well as, as other people have done it. I mean, as a regular Mac mail user, it, that does a, a recent contact search, if you like. But it seems to be much better at prompting with the right user. So hopefully these changes in notes will have, have you know, brought that up to be equal to, to other mail clients' use of that kind of feature.
4: And w- while we're on this, l- let me mention one thing that was really interesting to me. I, I, and this was another thing that came from a customer problem. But we had some people that came back from maternity leave, and while they had been on maternity leave, their mail had been forwarded. And what ends up happening, when your mail is forwarded, your recent contacts keeps track of who it was forwarded to. And so it automatically changes Sue Smith to Sean Jones or, you know, whatever. They come back from maternity leave, and even though you have changed it back in the public address book and the router knows, your client doesn't. And so your client keeps the forwarding because of the recent contacts.
5: Oh, wow. Really? How does, wow. how does the client even know because the forwarding happens on the server?
4: It, it, it's like the client changes it for you so i mean that again that's one of those issues that that supposedly is addressed in this release but yeah there's some some bizarre things like that that uh, and again i love the idea but the implementation just i mean it uh, some of the customers here i mean gm is one of the big customers here in the detroit area for notes and they they turned it off by policy company wide
2: and, and and i'll second that most of the most of the people customers that we do have requested it be turned off
1: okay so that affects every single client that connects to the the server they they turn it off for every single user
2: yeah it's a policy so you're doing a policy push it out Across across your organizational policy and just turn it off because you know, especially with name changes or you know, Domino's kind of inability to send calendar invites to different Domino domains and keep the email address right, you know, all of that kind of screws up. So you end up with what should be an internet address in the recent contacts turns into a Domino address, but they're not in your domain, so I'll help you exclude.
1: Which gets us back into one of the things I frequently find with customers is, is that when users complain about notes, you know, the whole notes sucks stuff, it, It's it's the confusion between operational issues in a particular environment or policy-driven changes to that environment versus actually what's in the product. So it sounds like from that that you know, many administrators will have turned off a feature that actually makes notes much um you know much more up-to-date, if you like, in terms of a mail client experience. So I guess one of the questions is now that's fixed in some ways in 852, will those admins go back and, and turn that policy back off again to actually enable it again as a feature?
2: Ooh, there's a the million dollar question. I, I would have to say I think they will try it. And, and like Rob said, I, I echo that the CCBCC thing fixes 60% of what's wrong with recent contacts. The, the, the question is, are they going to risk it again? Because I would say on, on a normal 8.5 or a normal 8 upgrade to 8 standard, the one thing we hear a lot is you know the help desk calls went through the roof just because of recent contacts over the next six months. So I'm not sure if they want to open themselves back up on, on that metric, and that's the only question: is can can we talk them off a ledge about look, yeah, we know we screw up your help desk call metrics, so now, you know, you might not get a bonus, uh, but turn it back on, it's fixed, honest. Trust me, would I lie to you? Um, is is maybe not? Uh, 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 it might take a couple of point releases before they go back and try that again.
1: Okay. Well, we'll have to track that over the next few months. See whether that does indeed happen. Okay. And there's also some changes to X Pages. I think uh, in terms of you know some changes that may affect existing applications. Um, has anybody got got some thoughts on those changes to X Pages?
2: Um. Y- yes. In, in in a I'm going to spin this in a good way. Um, which is strange for me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I think the fact. That X Pages is now in in Domino is a good idea. I think it gives us a a very good development platform that is you know pretty much a real standards based. It's it's a bit of a hacky standard, but it's it's still JS effort. It's hard. So you know I think the days of of, of being able to hack together an application and upgrade it through release 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 is probably gone. I think you know if you're doing X Pages. Every single point release you install, I think you now have to test your application. Um, there was a couple of tweaks, and if, if you go to Planet Lotus and just search on X Pages in 8.5.2, you'll find what they changed. Um, but it's little, subtle changes. Sean Cole, for instance, I think, blogged about it yesterday. Uh, but just one subtle little change broke all of their stuff that was in development. Um, and it's just the way variables are declared. So, you know, they had to go back and, and, and fix that. So I, I think you know, having a true application development platform in notes is great, but now we have to start treating notes like a true enterprise development platform.
1: Which is what we want it to be, to be honest. I mean going back to all the discussions we had maybe a month or two ago about, you know, Domino's future as a web development platform, I think we want it to be recognized as such. So maybe it's just we need to lose a little bit of the um of the iterative nature of those applications and being able to prototype quickly for actually a little bit more um rigidity in terms of how we test those apps as well as we go forward.
2: Yeah, I think we need to pack up our complacency that we've had for the past two decades and put it in a cupboard and now start treating Domino just like you treat SQL Server or SAP or whatever else is in your environment.
1: Okay, interesting thoughts. Well, well, we'll certainly come back to that, I think, uh, over the, next com- you know, the coming weeks in terms of what's changed in the next page in 852 and, and how that maps out in terms of people actually developing on, on the platform in the future. Um, so looking down at our list as, as well uh, for 852, clearly we, we must come to the download process, which was the major topic of discussion over the last 48 hours. Um, as usual, 852 is up on the Passport Advantage and Partner World sites. Uh, for those that aren't sort of initiated, that's Partner World. Passport Advantages for customers that have an entitlement, i.e., they bought the product, they can go to Passport Advantage, they should see the new versions of any new products they have, uh, and they can download it from there. Partner World is the site that um, partners go to, and again, we can, if you have the right entitlement, i.e., you, you've effectively become a partner of a sufficient level to be able to download any of the products, you can you can download them from there normally the the products come up on there during the first day of release and and you can go to download um it was apparent that that didn't happen quite as seamlessly this time around rob did you um have you tried downloading 852 and if so did you hit any issues
4: uh i have not gone for the gold yet so no i uh
1: <laughs> so no i had no problems at all thank you <laughs> <laughs> okay you're the 1% then <laughs> how about Darren? you obviously hit them what did you hit
2: yeah um a couple of things. One is, I, I kind of figured something was wrong because the previous 99 times out of 100, it's always on partner world a good 8 to 16 to 24 hours before it hits passport advantage. And I, as as is normal for me, anyone that sees me on Skype knows that I, I get up at weird hours of the day. So I was actually up at about 1 o'clock uh, in, the, in the morning and I just decided to go out there and You know, you go out there and there's nothing there and an hour later you refresh your browser and and suddenly I think it was the uh, install tuner was there and the install tuner and the Mac client were the only things to appear on part in the world in probably up through midday and then other stuff started to appear but the links weren't working. So the only way I found was to actually switch to HTTP download, which is a lot slower, and and get the parts that way. Now, it was subsequently realized that if you changed your download site from the U.S. to Ireland, then, you know, you could get the full download. But, you know, I, I think this is the whole what we do with the right hand, we then shoot ourselves in the foot kind of idea. Because 8.5.2 is is a really, really good release. It's It's probably the... It is the best of the 8 five releases, and it's probably got a, a couple of features that really everyone should have. But I think it's been ruined by the the, the process of getting your hands on it. Um, it's it's a bit like wrapping your Christmas present in you know toilet roll. It, it's it, it just didn't work right. And and if you look at Ed's blog, there's eighty-four comments, which is that's even rare for Ed to get eighty-four comments on a blog. And there are people on the blog that I've I've never seen comment publicly, or not, I can't recall ever seeing comment publicly, and and these people are clients, so while I can sit here and complain about Passport advan- uh, about Partner World, it's the people on, on, on Passport Advantage that I think uh, were the most ill done to and Edis just came back and said there was a problem you know, the staging service, something like that but surely they're not staging these things the day before the release date, shoot sure. you know, we, we know the code gets locked, yeah it just doesn't make sense. Well, well so your –
5: yeah, your comment, Darren, raises a question for me. And maybe this is just me, but I've always wondered why people feel they need to instantly jump on a new release and download it right away. Why not wait a couple days?
2: Usually it's to do with a fix, and that's specifically to do with things like X Pages and Deos today. Um, where I can install a fixed pack or I can wait for the new release which may be five days after the fixed pack which is pretty close to what happened in this occasion. so I have a lot of customers waiting on 852 to fix for instance the mail inbox refresh problem and that's not ever been fixed in a fixed pack on 851 so they want to get this as soon as possible so we can start pushing out a smart upgrade just to fix this one specific issue. Uh, and you have a valid point it doesn't stop the fact that if IBM say it's going to be available on on August 24th it should be available on August 24th.
1: I also would add into that that you know the, the way the announcements are done in that we're all waiting for the formal announcement letter and then in there there was then this delay of 10 days before the product was actually available for GA. I would question why that's done inside IBM. Why don't you just announce it and effectively ship it you know, the same day? In which case all the work could have done beforehand. Otherwise they announce the date at which point everybody is then waiting for that day to, to start the downloads. Which kind of you know, creates a pent up demand that perhaps wouldn't be there otherwise. And,
2: well, and, they probably and I, found
5: some last-minute bugs they had to fix. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's right. That's a 10-minute bug fix window. And, and and maybe another reason I think that this is a, a pretty big release is, is because of the enhancements they've done to Traveller for the iPad and, and, and the iPhone, the security enhancements. So now, you know, while it's not necessarily equivalent to a Bez, we are starting to see Bez-like functionality in Traveller. And I think a lot of organizations have had pressure over the last year to get iPhones out in, the, in their environments. And I think this is the, the release that's probably going to do that. So I think a lot of people w- were sitting waiting for 8.5.2. And, you know, if you can get 8.5.2 and your CEO comes in every week asking to get his iPhone on a network, that that would cause me to download it one day and, and the same day and install it on a server just, just to get that guy off my back.
4: And there's the you know, Linux release of Traveller that, as well. Yeah, that's, that's an excellent point, too. I'd forgotten about the iPad support in um, traveler being official the the previous versions it worked but you had to do it all manually it wasn't a choice off of the menu and and as as simple as that sounds you know that does become a big deal when you're talking about actual deployment to you know more than three people it being able to have your users choose from a list rather than uh you know having to tell them to go in and configure it and you know tell them it's this and tell them it's i mean that just that you know that never works. So, um, that, you know that iPad support that is a big deal on eight five two, and I totally forgotten about that.
2: Okay, and, and I think it was difficult to find the items as well. Um, you know, it seems like Traveler moves between different places on Passport Advantage every release we get, and, and I think there just needs to be some kind of standardization on on, on where these things appear, is, is Traveler a notes piece, is travel or a domino piece, is travel or a separate piece that's under its own categorization in partner world and passport advantage, Uh, you know, I think there just needs to be a bit more thought on on how to deliver these world-class components and not cause a whole storm for themselves by just making a mistake right at the end of the process.
1: I think the other thing is, is that there was a, a change of name as well to Lotus Live for one of the packages. It Was it Lotus Notes for Lotus Live, I think? Which, I yeah. think it, again, is going to confuse an awful lot of customers where we obviously know about the announcement for Lotus Live Notes, but there's, there's kind of no reason for that to change the way the product is identified for download purposes.
2: No, I, I, I do believe that was only on Partner World. I didn't see that on Passport Advantage unless you have that purchase part.
1: Uh, okay, that may be so. Then certainly, a lot of the partners were reporting they'd seen that, and it was a, it was a confusion to them.
4: Okay, well, so... it wouldn't wouldn't be IBM if they didn't change the name. of the product. <laughs> this is true. We should be Let's used be to honest. it by right now.
1: Okay, <laughs> last question for Darren. Then you, well, and, and Rob as well. You're both partners. You both have customers that are running Notes, uh, and Bob can join in as well. Would would you tell customers to upgrade to 852 this week, or would you be saying hold off for a couple of weeks to find out what what bugs and issues come out in the
2: woodwork? Ooh, I, I would hold off a week or two
4: as would I I uh, I, I don't mind running it uh, personally I don't mind uh, customers testing it I don't mind all that kind of stuff but no I I would be very reluctant to tell a customer to go into production uh, week one
1: Bob how about uh, you do you have a, a feeling uh, on this
5: I'm with them you know I'd say deploy it to your test infrastructure if you have one but not to production
1: I guess, unless you have a particular bug that you know is fixed in 8.5.2, but then it's still got to go through a testing procedure. <laughs> I'd still means.
4: test it, yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
2: And, and maybe the only exception of that is, 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 is if you don't have a traveler server today and you were waiting for the security features, you know, you don't have to upgrade your entire environment to 8.5.2, only your traveler server has to be at 8.5.2. So, you know, but there are certain circumstances where I may change my, my that, that rule, but if, if, if I was a... a live customer on, on, on 8.5.2. I would probably wait at least a week, maybe two, just to see if, if any IFs come out, intermediate fixes, um, to, to see if there are any issues. Now, this is one of the first releases I've seen where there was no IFs when it was released, so that's probably a good sign. Well,
1: we'll come back to this next week, I'm sure, and, and, and yeah, you know, work out where we are. I think what one of the other questions that's kind of come up is in terms of support for eight five two and some of the other products, particularly quicker and same time. Um, whether eight five two will be a supported platform for those. So again, maybe that's something we can come back to next week as we get a little bit more detail.
2: And, and I have a quick question for Dave. because he 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 mentioned about running it on uh, Ubuntu. We we run a lot of our netbooks on that. Um, what, what what version of uh, Ubuntu were you running, Dave?
3: So I'm running 10.04. I don't think it's formally supported on anything over about 9.04. I saw a a comment in um, response to Ed's blog post talking about formal support. There's formal support and that's what works. I'm on the latest Ubuntu and I'm now on the latest notes, but then I'm I'm a, a first waiver, I guess. So, you know, for me, that's absolutely fine. But in terms of formal support, you need to check the system requirements and make sure that you don't put it on a version of ubuntu that ibm wouldn't support in case you then need to open a pmr that's the official line of course my view is typically these things if you if you test them thoroughly they mostly work but again always fall back on the formal ibm position of if it's not supported it's not supported
2: okay so so let me let's take your ibm hat off and put your geek hat on um so when, when, when I upgraded my netbook from uh, 9 to 10, all hell broke loose, and it didn't like, I think it was eight five one fix Pack 2, I think is what it was. You know, all my fonts disappeared. There was a couple of issues. Did you have any issues with, with 8.5.2 on 10.04 that you had to address by hacking the Linux stuff?
3: No, not at all. Um, I had problems with an older version of 8.5-something on Ubuntu 10.04 that involved me hacking around with something called ZOLA, runner, which sounds like a, uh, a comic book hero, um, <laughs> but subsequently I haven't had to do anything at all on this build, and all I did this morning was effectively, and in fact, I didn't even uninstall notes, I let the um, Synaptic package manager do it for me, so that's one of the things I mentioned previously, that that's a feature of the Ubuntu uh, operating, operating system, that it will do all of that uninstall reinstall stuff for you so it happened in in the background whereas on the mac i use the uninstall routine to remove the product and then use the install routine to install the product so i did it the formal way but with synaptic it just works in a client environment if they're not using synaptic because they don't have notes in the repositories then i suspect that the answer will be as per anything you uninstall before you reinstall that's my guess
2: okay okay and what what I may try to do over the next week or so is take my netbook, wipe it, do a, a brand new install of ten or four, and just see if it works right over the top. Because that's that's the one thing I don't know yet.
3: And that's that's often a good thing to do. I mean, again, if you've got the time and the the bandwidth, and and you know you, you can afford to do that, then I typically would prefer to do fresh installs of most things. And at some point, I'm going to have to do a fresh install of my Mac, having let it sort of acquire stuff for the last nine, ten months. In, in my previous life, I used to use Windows, and I would always, every three months, reinstall Windows, either from scratch or from a ghost image.
2: Well, with, and, and, and in Windows, Microsoft would force you to do that by a blue screen of death.
3: Well, true, true. <laughs> um, with both Mac and with Linux, I've got used to stability and to things just working and upgrades happening on the fly. But as I say, I'm, you know, I'm a hacker at heart, and I always like to, from time to time, do a clean install. So, yeah, I mean, if you've got the bandwidth, Darren, do a clean install sort of 10.04 and then whack the the newest Notes 8.5.2 onto it. That way you know everything's clean and you've got no deep, dark, dirty beta software or even beta software mm-hmm. running under the cover somewhere. <laughs> I never yeah, thought of the blue
4: screen as a feature, though. That's kind of neat. <laughs> <It is. laughs>
1: And my comment is that um, Windows belongs in a previous life. I <laughs> think it's the place for
2: it. So <laughs> and, that, and I will, I will defend, my, Windows 7 is very nice. I've got to, I've got to say that. You know, I, I, I like to bash Microsoft, but since I moved to Windows 7, it's changed my perception of what Microsoft can do at the OS level.
3: The only thing I would say, Darren, and I'll, I'll shut up in a second, but the only thing I would say with Ubuntu is that there's a new version of the GNOME desktop manager coming out. It's due out next year. It's currently in beta. I think I blogged about it a while ago. It is very shiny and it knocks Windows and Mac to a certain extent into a cocked hat. And of course, it's free, free, free.
1: Very well said, Dave, okay. Just like TDI. <laughs> indeed, indeed, just like TDI. So um, one, one last question I'd have for you, David, It's clearly that there's a, a, a growing Linux community in IBM. Um, that's pretty obvious. There's a lot of people running Ubuntu as their sort of Microsoft-free desktop. Um, how do you see the sort of conflict between geekiness wanting to run the latest version of Ubuntu, for example, or Red Hat or whatever version of Linux you're running versus what is supported and what customers may want to roll out? I mean, I see the same issue on the server because things like connections are, are, are only supported on um, Red Hat 4.7, which feels like it's from about three decades ago, let alone uh, you know uh, several years ago. So. Uh, d- do you do you find that UIBMs are actually pushing to for for later support of, of Linux dis- desktops?
3: Um, it's a good question. It's I guess there's two parts to the answer, and you, you raise clients and you raise servers. In terms of clients, yeah, you know, most of the people that I know who run some flavour of Linux, either Red Hat or Ubuntu, occasionally other more. Uh, esoteric distributions they tend to be people like me i mean not just like me but people like me in that they are reasonably techie they're quite happy to spend perhaps waste some time building software and they always have a fallback even if it's another machine like a mac or another thinkpad that they can fall back to that's my approach so if i break my thinkpad i've got the mac to go back to which just works in terms of the server side i take the similar view to you in that if i'm building demo environments, if I'm trying to test something like the integration between portal and connections, I will automatically do that on VMware on Red Hat or Red Hat on VMware rather because that's what my clients will be using so I need to keep my experience of Red Hat for example up and also I need to be using what is effectively a supported platform. I've got things like RAD, I've got things like Portal, I've got things like Factory running quite happily on Ubuntu. I know they're not supported it just works, works for me If I have a problem, I'm not going to raise a PMI with IBM. I'll either fix it or give up and go and do it in a VMware somewhere. So it's it's kind of an answer in two parts. There are things that are supported, and it comes back to my point to Darren earlier. If in doubt, always check system requirements, always go back and use the supported platform. That's the official line. I know it's perhaps unpopular, but that's the official line, and that's what gets you, that's what takes risk out of a project. Equally, if you've got the time to feel the pain and try it, go ahead and do it. And if you can contribute something back to them, to the community, so part of the internal community within IBM as far as sharing and contributing content and data and knowledge, is both on things like connections, but also on things like Ubuntu. So we do have our own um, support side. We have our own development teams looking at stuff that, fix, that, that sits on Ubuntu. If I find a problem in Ubuntu, I will feed it back. I've done that already with Launchpad. So I found an issue with Ubuntu, fed it back to Canonical, Father the Launchpad process because I had the time to find the problem, document the problem, and then report the problem.
1: I think that's that's a really good tip which brings us on to things like forums and and the wikis uh, which we can come back to in a little while. So the next topic on our list for this week was something else that was reported on Ed Brill's blog um, which was the removal of the Domino to Exchange service that uh, IBM offers from the IBM website which clearly um, gave us a little bit of a conflict of interest really between promoting the Lotus products and also uh, IBM also promoting a service that takes people away from from Lotus And, and Ed reported that really as being a victory for the blogger community in terms of some of the issues that people brought up about that. So, uh, Darren, do you want to take us through that? I mean, do, do you see that as, as being a victory for bloggers in terms of that happening?
2: Um, for once, I think this is a storm in a teacup. It, 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 this has been brought up several times. I'm amazed IBM took it down. I, I will honestly be amazed if it was because of the bloggers. <laughs> <laughs> As, as much as we like to f- think we're all read by a million people worldwide this is a pretty tight-knit community um so you know I, I'd be surprised if more than 5,000 people knew about this worldwide so I'm, I'm not entirely sure it was the bloggers that did it it may have been the bloggers that brought it up and the IBM executives or the Lotus executives weren't happy about it um but the the, the post itself is, is kind of interesting um mainly because Ed and Nathan Freeman go backwards and forwards uh, uh, about w- why does this still matter and and the fact of the matter is just like STS, just like Collaboration Matters you know just like Rob, just like Looseleaf LLC, all the people on the call with and even David for that matter, Dave here for that matter, all of these businesses are for-profit businesses and sometimes you do stuff that may not be popular at the other side of your business and that's why I think it's a bit of a storm in teacup uh, and, and I think Ed tried to head it off early on when he said IBM is a portfolio company. And I think a lot of people whacked Ed across with, with the whacking stick. And, and I just don't get it being a problem. IBM is a prof, for-profit business. And and yes, does it pain me that IBM at some point will move you from notes to exchange? Yes. But the fact of the matter is, 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 is IBM doing that the one thing that is causing the customer to move from domino exchange? Probably not.
1: I think that's a fair point. is people responding to to requirements from customers in in whatever way that, that works best for their businesses. I mean, Bob, Bob you ex IBM, you must sort of seen some of the internal workings of IBM. Do you see this as inevitable with, with the with the size of IBM and the number of conflicting interests within it that you will always get? You know, some people wanting one particular direction, other people wanting a different direction.
5: Oh, absolutely. It's it's very common. And, you know, this has been going on for years. You know, they took down the page, but they haven't stopped the service. Um, that would be unthinkable because they make money from it. The thing that kind of bugs me about it, and this is just a personal thing, is that it's just hypocritical because you get, as a partner, you know, uh, I've been working on, working in the notes orbit for nearly 20 years, you know, either as an employee of IBM Lotus or as a business partner. And, you know, let it leak out that you're doing something for Microsoft or you have some customers, you're helping them with .dot .NET or, you know, and you get, you get your loyalty questioned. And it just seems, you know, that that's hypocritical when IBM is migrating people to exchange.
1: Very fair So that, that
5: just bothers me, you know, I, I understand it, but I don't like it.
1: And Rob, what's your point of view on that?
4: Well i yeah you know, I tend to agree all the way around. I think that um, it, it, it's it may, it may be a, a huge dust storm over, not a whole lot, and I agree with Bob I don't think it's going to change, but you know the, you have these kind of conflicts all the time I mean let's be honest within IBM and i was in, I was on payroll for a while I lived in the the partner community for a long time um, you know it's not like Microsoft Office is going away just because symphony's out there, you know i mean the the, the partners are still going to be doing PowerPoint presentations and within IBM it's still largely PowerPoint presentations. It's, it's not all symphony, you know, all the time. It's just, that's just not what's, uh, what the real life is. And, and so the, you know, you have those kind of conflicts and yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that as long as there's money to be made, that's where they're going to go. And if it's moving people from or to notes or whatever it is, that's, they're, they're going to do it. And I, uh, you know, God bless them. I mean, they—you got to make money, however you make it.
1: Yeah, I think what what Nathan um, took Ed to task about w- was a comment that Ed made, saying within the IBM sales organization, I don't think anybody has a incentive to drive customers away from IBM technology. And I think maybe that's the point, isn't it? Is that if an IBM is being paid to go into a customer as an exec or as a specialist, and and their aim because of the way they're, um, you know, they're paid is to take them away from IBM te- technology, surely that represents a conflict of interest, which given how um, people aren't necessarily paid very well for renewals is perhaps something they can fix internally to make, um, you know, to make the way that salespeople try to encourage their customers to be something that's good in the sort of interest of IBM versus just in their own interest from a point of view of commission.
2: And, and I gave and up I, trying I, to
5: understand sales compensation years ago. Um, Although I do know that, as a uh, well-known I, Lotus vice president, often says, "Sales sales folks are coin operated. They will maximize their personal income, and well, and and you know that shouldn't be surprising. So if they're if they're not commissioned on renewals, they're not going to spend a lot of time scouting renewals."
1: Yeah, Darren, do you want to come in there?
2: And and I've I've beat up a couple of times on this podcast, and I think on the blog about. The, the comp process for renewals, and, and exactly like Bob says, if you're not getting comped on renewals, you are going to spend zero time on the renewal. And at least in the U.S., that's a completely different team. So th- 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 there's a disconnect. But but I think it, it goes a bit further than this. You know, I, I have no problem with, with IBM making money because at the end of the day, they may have all of these brands, but they have Wall Street to report to, right? They have earnings to publish. They have analysts' estimates to heat, hit. And and at some point they have to do what they have to do to hit them elements and and moving from Domino Exchange, yeah, you know, it, it's a bit questionable. But more importantly, some someone on, on on the post, and I need to go back and look on Eds, but somewhere deep in the comments, someone said, well, I don't necessarily have a problem with Exchange, but what about your other product pages, like Tivoli, um, the, the Tivoli products that don't specifically list Domino as a option. For, for things like t- TSM and, and, and that kind of stuff, but why isn't Domino percolated throughout all of your product sets as being compatible or what versions are compatible? And, and I think that's a bigger problem because even on IBM's site, once you leave the, the, the Lotus part of IBM's site, you very rarely see the word Domino or Notes anywhere
1: that's right, and and it was something that Volker Weber brought up during the uh, the conversation about um, you know development platform futures for Domino was he, I think he asked Ed to come back with a list of the, of the places on the IBM website where Domino was mentioned as being a supported platform, and and I, d- I don't think that was ever released publicly. If Ed did come back with anything, so I, I think that's that's clearly something that IBM needs to work on is is making the most of Domino as being a future focused product uh, rather than it just being something legacy that, that was mentioned on the Arb- IBM site and is no longer in a lot of areas? Yes. Okay, we'll move on from that then. I think we probably covered that to death. So uh, the the next thing we wanted to, to cover was... Um, was the product forums. It's something that's been a bugbear of mine for a little while, so we just get the feedback of people on this call, is is the, the product forums used to be the main sort of collaboration area for people who are working with the product. So if you're interested in Quick Place, for example, you would go to the Quicker Forum or the Quick Place Forum, raise your, your concern there or raise a problem, and typically you would get a response back fairly quickly. It feels to me, and this is only a personal belief, that that's no longer happening. You're not getting the same volume of people responding, certainly not getting the same volume of IBM. Emma's responding that perhaps we used to, and and I guess opening out. Do you think that's fair? Do you think that the forums um, have have kind of been been left behind in terms of their usefulness? when now we have things like wikis and so on. Have you got any thoughts on that?
4: Yeah, well, let me chime in, um, Stuart. I I totally agree that the forums are a treasure trove of useful information, and yet I I don't think that they they have the day-to-day urgency in my life that they used to have. And I think part of the reason is that they, the, the, the technical level of the questions and answers in the forum is relatively elementary. Um, and the other issue that I have is that I'm becoming increasingly unclear as to where to go when I have a question. It's sort of like I have a domino question and I find I have to do a search now four different places to see if anybody has addressed whatever this is because I don't know whether this particular issue I have is has anything to do with release eight or whether this has been asked and answered twenty seven times back in the you know the, the five six form or something. And I find that very frustrating. I, I think that if you have really complicated, difficult questions you're you're really not going to find them answered in the product forums anymore. I think you're going to find, and again, this thing I was working on this week. I mean, you know, God bless David and God bless Stuart's uh, blogs. I mean, those were those were the places where I found the answers I was looking for, not the product forums.
1: So I guess the question is then, where do you go? You you know, we can go to the blogosphere, we can query, you know, some of our blogs, but is is there a place where newbies to the product should be able to go to ask those relatively elementary questions, but maybe more detailed install questions as well in terms of, you know, getting those answers that isn't through the the PMR system where you're immediately bombarded with requests for logs and, you know, and and must gather information and so on. Is there a a better place for people to go?
5: Some people use Twitter for that.
4: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and, seriously. And God bless Twitter. Yeah,
5: I mean, ask Kathy Brown. Yeah, she tells. Sure. She told me she got half. She gets half her questions answered over Twitter.
1: So, so maybe that's it. Maybe the the forums days are past. It's, it's my my feeling was just that there's nobody, as I understand it, within IBM who's paid to look at the forums which to me, given they are the central place where where new people can go to get help, seems a crazy thing. You know, there's plenty of IBMers who do volunteer their time, and we're very, very thankful for those that do. Um, Susan Bullock being a classic example of somebody who goes in there that's not part of her paid job, but but goes in there and answers a lot of questions. Um, Adrian Spender on the Connections side I know of too. But but surely it's an important enough area that somebody in the support organisation should be paid to be going there to answer some of
5: those questions. Well, you would think, but it isn't.
2: Yeah, I I, I don't disagree, Stuart. But this goes back to the how does the forum drive net new revenue for me? Surely it
1: shouldn't all be about you know, net new revenue. Much as IBM would love it to be, surely it's about protecting the investment that's out there. And if if somebody buys a license for same time, 85, for example, having been told how great it is for unified communications, and the first time they go to install it, they hit a number of install issues, which, let's face it, is fairly realistic. They will do.
2: Windows 2008
1: R2. Well, that's a classic example. (laughs) Gab mentioned that last week. So, So how do they get the answer to those? Is it through the formal PMR system, in which case... We all know they're faced with a, a fairly long kind of toing and froing before you can get something useful out of that system. Or is there a better way? And maybe it is, as Bob says, maybe it's the open channels of Skype and Twitter and whatever. But it seems to me strange. There's nothing within IBM's website that, that allows people to get those answers.
2: And, and maybe it's a transitional time. Uh, you know, I, I, I agree with Rob. I, I think the the, the the forums are a gold mine of information that. You know but the problem is I have a load script question I need to kind of figure out when this method came into Lotus script or the object came into load script to know which way to search and and I think that gets a bit o- overly complicated you know added added to that I think one of the reasons maybe the forums have, have degraded over the years is because people consistently ask the same question over and over again they they, they seem to have an inability to understand how to search the forums, just like you would search any of a normal Domino website, and that seems to be further exacerbated now. With and I've got to be careful what I what how I come off here, but with with the prevalence of offshoring to India, I can count substantial amounts of time where on the LinkedIn groups we are now getting questions about basic Domino and notes and same time and quicker and and, and connections functionality and they all seem to stem from these big outsourcing companies so it looks to me like we are maybe transitioning from a a fact-based community effort which is a forum to the prevalence of blogs, to the prevalence of Skype, to the prevalence of Quicker and LinkedIn and I've I've started to move away from LinkedIn because I'm I'm enabling my competition by answering a lot of these questions that these guys have but obviously don't have a a basis of basic knowledge and and that may sound a bit snotty, but if if you want to find something, go to a forums, go to Planet Lotus, search on it, the answer is there. Uh, is the fact that this forum's going downhill a big deal? I think it depends on your outlook.
3: I, I would agree with Darren um, in, in in a lot of ways. I think that one thing to consider is, as as has been said, people are looking for quotes free advice now we're all in services businesses we're all selling our time and doing you know a great job for money for our businesses we've all got you know, shareholders stakeholders etc and there is no such thing as a free lunch there's no such thing as a free ride if you want something you typically expect to pay for it now, if you go through, and I, I don't just mean pay in terms of cash, but in some situations you learn on the job, you learn by doing, you, you do something, you learn from it, you share your experience, you post a blog, you write a, uh, a paper for Lotus whatever. You don't start off by saying, I've got Domino, how do I install it? Or I've got Domino, how do I write applications? And I have seen questions that are almost as basic as that. And yet people don't seem to, I say people, I'm generalizing, but people don't seem to want to spend the time to invest in either training or proper support, or some side-by-side consultancy where they do the work alongside someone who actually knows what they're doing. They just want to take whatever it happens to be. You know, it could be. You know, the same question could 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 work on any piece of technology. You have to start somewhere. You can't just throw yourself open to the world and say, "I've got an iPhone. I don't know how to turn it on," because you're going to get some pretty negative responses.
1: That's a fair point. I think very well made, Dave. It's it's just that you know I, I think there has to be a way that people can get started and it's that get start getting started process that is so difficult particularly given previously expressed issues with info centers and so on that aren't necessarily as com- comprehensive or or you know willing to help people get started than perhaps they might be so again it's something we can return to in the future i'd love to get people you know listeners feedback on this do you, do you still use um the product forums and if so uh, what could ibm do to make them
2: more useful and, and just just quickly, w- what what do people think about wikis? There there is a humorous thing in the chat that I think someone should actually quote because that made me laugh. <laughs> uh,
4: well, that was my my comment, and uh, I, I I'll, let me try to clean this up for our family audience. But uh, wiki is a Hawaiian word, and it means can't find um, anything. stuff uh, <laughs> crap stuff. <laughs> um, I think product wikis have uh, jumped the shark. Personally, uh, I, I think the they, they have gone from being underpopulated to being now overpopulated with frivolous stuff, and I still can't find some of the basic stuff that I would expect to find there. Uh, I, 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 you asked the question, Stuart, a few minutes ago. What do you do when you're looking for I I think I probably go to Planet Lotus first. I mean, I, it's either Google search or Planet Lotus search. If I am trying to find the answer to something, because uh, I, I don't go to the product forums first, and I don't go to the product wikis anymore either.
1: Which is, uh, from my point of view, is a sad state of affairs. I, I think there is tremendous value in blogs. Otherwise, you know, I wouldn't have quite as many as I do. But um, at the same time, it, it's you know, if 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 that's the only place you can go to the three hundred and fifty Lotus blogs and there isn't an IBM resource that contains that content, then I think that's quite, quite sad. It's almost as if the, the wikis you could do with wiki editors actually going out and finding content from the blogs and actually populating, you know, to say this is a, a place to go and look for this information.
2: But, but wasn't that what Wiki Madness was for, was to try and get the bloggers to move their content off their blogs and into a wikis?
1: It was, and it seemed to work okay in terms of you know fifty or so articles. But that's clearly not that many across all of the the wikis that are out there. I think there's something like twenty nine wikis now. Um, so you know we're only talking about two posts for each of those. So I think there's there's more work to be done there clearly.
2: Well, and, and I think you know if you if you are a blogger, then you have a certain ASW level, right? And, and and I think as as a <laughs> blogger, you don't want to move your content into the wall. You want to be unique and and by yourself. And I, I never quite understood the reasoning behind that. I think it was a a, a very nice idea, and I got to commend Tui and Dave Leedy for for for, for running that, and and Amanda and Joyce as well. But you know, I think you kind of missed the point. We're all bloggers for for that one reason that we like to be heard, and we're not, you know. <laughs> um, we, 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 we we like to be heard and we like to be on our own individual and and I think that's where the wikis maybe fall down for the blogging community
1: I I think that's definitely right and we've seen that over the last couple of years so uh as I say, we're moving on with time, and I think we'll, we'll definitely come back to this topic, but and anybody who has any feedback, please leave it on the This Week in, in Lotus site. We'd love to have it and include that in, in another discussion in the future. So um, moving on, the next piece of news was that Quicker Domino 8.5 is due to go on the greenhouse uh, very, very soon. I think there was an email about this, Darren.
2: Yeah, I got an email yesterday or the other day before about the potential shutdown, and I think Dave uh on, on on the podcast today has has a bit more information about that. Um but it's good to see that they're upgrading, I guess, to the beta version of Quicker Domino eight five. And that's probably the first look that everyone would get. What I'm wondering is the NDA getting released because of that. So I need to go out of the partner of uh, the the design partner forum and see.
3: I mean I went to the greenhouse site just now and I put the URL into the uh into the the document on Google Docs. And according to that, it's going to be shut down from yesterday. In fact, August 25th, starting at 5pm until Thursday today. So until today, and again, 5pm Eastern Standard Time. So they're taking it down for one day only to upgrade to 8.5. But as, as Darren said, I would strongly suspect that is a beta because I think the GA is still some way away yet.
1: I think I think it's sooner than we might think. Um, that's That's all I can say on it. It's coming pretty soon so we should get some news hopefully on the GA uh, in the next couple of weeks maybe in terms of a, a formal announcement so uh, we'll have to look forward to that in, in future weeks but I think it's great that that 8.5 beta or, or GA version will, will be on greenhouse it's a good place to go and see what's coming up and it's certainly a big release for those that are used to deploying quicker for Domino uh, and I love the fact it's only taking a day in greenhouse time to get it upgraded <laughs> I think the, uh, the uh, three day downtime that was announced for the connections um, upload uh, put some people off so it's great it's, it's happening so quickly
2: hopefully hopefully the greenhouse team listened to Rob's tip last week Rob Novak's tip
1: indeed indeed and if anybody uh, hasn't listened to last week's episode if you're upgrading a quicker environment uh, you need to go in and listen or at least look at the show notes for last week because Rob's tip was a cracking one for people doing that So I think we're done for for news topics this week. Um, So we're going to move on, as usual, to our tips. Uh, Each um, person who comes on this podcast, each panelist is asked for a tip that they can share with the community in terms of um, a feature, a site, or a a function of of a Lotus product that they can share that's a great thing for people to go out and try uh, or might help them in their jobs. So how about we start with Darren? Do you want to tell us your tip for this week?
2: Yes. So... um We've talked about a lot about Linux. You know, me and Dave had a good conversation about Ubuntu on this very podcast. And what I wanna suggest is people go out and try it. There is if you have a netbook or even if you have a laptop you, you can download uh, Ubuntu, and for netbooks, there's a special netbook edition, and you just install it to a USB drive. It's in the show notes. You plug it in, boot from a USB drive, and you can try Ubuntu Linux on your netbook without removing your existing OS. And when you're ready to move, you can actually just have it install and, and, and completely wipe away the, the old OS. And Ubuntu is very, very fast. And what I will say is historically... Notes standard on my netbook loads faster than notes standard on my full Windows desktop.
1: Is that because the SSD drive?
2: No, there's no SSD drive in my netbook. It's a normal, yeah, just a normal. It just seems so much faster to load. Uh, it could be antivirus thrashing, who knows? But it's about comparable to the speed of starting up notes on my SSD, on, on my laptop
1: tremendous okay so that's ubuntu network edition the link will be in the show notes uh, and moving on to Rob what's your tip for this week
4: well actually I like Ubuntu as well just for the record um, I, I and my my comment I think this week uh, and and this goes back to the the uh, 400 uh, conversations that Stuart and I had earlier I was working on a connections project uh, just recently and was trying to do something incredibly simple. And we've all had these situations where you do something incredibly simple and it just doesn't work for some reason. I was trying to customize a footer and I could not get a a footer in connections to customize no matter what I did. And Stuart has always said, you know, move it to the server. He, He suggests is you take all of the themes and, and all that stuff, and you put it on the HTTP server, so you have only one footer rather than, you know, however many you would have otherwise. Only have one place to customize headers, one place to customize themes, and so on. And I'm delighted to report I did that, and voila, uh, everything works. worked. So, uh, and and I, I do believe, I would swear, I think somebody actually did a Lotusphere presentation that had this in it that you could find out on SlideShare that walks you through all the steps. <laughs>
1: I'm blushing mightily over here um yeah so <laughs> that's a very good tip for anybody running connections it certainly makes theming a huge amount easier because you are updating just one theme rather than eight uh, having said that that process might well be changing in the future so look out if, if you are doing that for 2.5 look out for changes in whatever comes next just to give people a feel for the future um okay let's move on to dave dave hey what's what's your tip for this week
3: so I picked this up uh, a while ago from a Linux magazine that I've been reading, and hadn't really p- sort of um, focused on until quite recently. There is a little utility that someone's put together called multi-tail, all one word. You can find it on Google. Um, I won't try and spell the website, but it's a chap who sounds like he may be either from uh, Germany or from the Netherlands. And basically, it gives you the ability to run tail, the, the tail command that you're familiar with on Unix, but run tail on a number of different files, perhaps access logs. Error logs, system outlogs, etc., in one window. So, effectively, you create windows within windows. So, if you've got three, four, five logs on the go, ordinarily you have to have three or four or five windows open. This is on, on Unix I'm talking about. In the case of Multitel, you have them all visible within one window, one shell session. And that's extremely useful, especially if you're working on a terminal only session, if you're, for example, using SSH into a server and you don't have a GUI environment, you can't easily open another terminal session, having multiple windows open in so one window may be valuable for you. So it's called Multitail. go to Google, and uh, I strongly recommend it.
0: Excellent.
1: So does it interleave the um, the logs from each one you're following, or, or does it allow you just to switch between
5: them?
2: Stuart seems to have gone on mute, so
5: Bob, what's your tip? <laughs> um, well, recently I was doing a project where I was writing some Java uh, agent code in, uh, in Notes Domino that had to do a uh, REST API, sort of just HTTP exchanges with a foreign server. And it wasn't working. I called the server guys and they said, oh, we're, you're not sending the something, something. I said, well, I think I am. And I found this great tool, Fiddler, um, that actually will display all the HTTP traffic from your you know desktop machine to anywhere, and I could actually dump the xML and and headers and all of that stuff and track it. It was really great. It's a free tool. The website for it is I just went and looked it up Fiddler2, fiddler two f i d d l e r number two dot com or just google for it it's um It's a lot easier to use than other tools like Wireshark. Although, if you're not doing HTTP, if you want to track TCP traffic or something, Fiddler won't do it for you. You do need something like Wireshark.
1: Excellent. That looks really good. I've just had a look at the website. It looks an excellent tool. And is that free to use as well? I think it is. Yes, it is. Brilliant. OK, thank you for that. That's a really good tip. Um, and lastly, mine, which is um, something I've been doing for a very, very long time, which is to uh, replicate the forums. You mentioned them earlier on. Uh, they are still useful, even though, uh, you know, in my feeling they might be degrading slightly over time. So any of the forums that you can access via the web on the LDD site, you can also replicate your notes client. And the way to do that is you point your notes client to um, notes1 slash notes web. Um, that may well already be set up in your uh, environment. But if not, to, um, to you connect to notes1.notes.net, you open regnotes.nsf on that server, and there's an application process uh, for registering. It asks you for a safe ID, um, which allows you then to uh, access some of the other uh, forums and so on. Uh, basically, any, any forums you have the rights to access, whether they're beta forums or, or production ones, you can then replicate onto your environment. It's wonderful for anybody who works remotely or, or travels around and, and is offline for any length of time. So, uh, so that's my tip anybody else here replicate the forums no no nope. okay well it's, it's a tip you might want to have a look at it's, it's certainly been very very useful to me over the years so uh, so give that a try so okay that brings us to the end of our podcast for this week so thank you everybody for listening we'll just quickly run around the, um, the guests for this podcast just to uh, find out how people are best getting hold of you if they want to uh, follow up with you so Dave how about you how do people find you
3: thanks Stuart so Probably the easiest way is to get me via email, the old-fashioned, old-school email. That's david, D-A-V-I-D, underscore H-A-Y, at uk.ibm.com. Equally, you can get me on Twitter, david, underscore, hey. I do have a blog, and the blog, I think, will be in the show notes. The URL is a little bit uh, perhaps more complex than I'd like. One day I'll get around to fixing the domain name on that. So uh, email or Twitter in the
1: first instance, I think. Okay, brilliant. Thank you, Dave. Thanks for taking part today. How about you, Bob? How do people find you?
5: Uh, well, if if people just want to read my blog, they can go directly there. That's Bob's blog, b o b z or z uh, b l o g dot com, uh, generously hosted for me by the folks at Snaps. Um, or email bbalaban b b a l a b a n at gmail dot com.
1: Brilliant. Thank you very much, Bob, and thanks for joining us today. It was a pleasure. Brilliant. And Rob, how about you? You, how do people find you?
4: Well, I can uh, be found uh, either on. I, I I do have a blog, Domino Unplugged, but it is just uh, the the dust has gotten so thick there that uh, not much activity <laughs> <laughs> except around when when we are doing uh, presentations and stuff. But so it's uh, so, but, so it's been but, unplugged. It's it, it sort of <laughs> has been unplugged. Uh, well, the problem is it was all about mobile, and I just I haven't had a. I need some new mobile projects, but um, but that's dominounplugged dot com. Uh, you can find me uh, on Twitter, r wonder. That's w that's r w u n d e r, or just try rob at wondercom w u n d e r c o m m dot com. Um, those are all ways that you can find me.
1: Thank you very much for taking part, Rob. It's been brilliant to have you on. oh my and, pleasure. And brilliant. And lastly, Darren.
2: Uh, In a second, I just want to point out, as Bob said, this is a multilingual program. So, he did say Z and he did say Z. (laughs)
1: I'm very impressed.
2: Um, So, blog.darenduke.net for all things Lotus-related, technical-wise, and on Twitter, Darren Duke, all one word.
1: Thank you very much, Darren. Okay, and I'm Stuart McIntyre. You can find me on most of the uh, websites as Stuart McIntyre, one word, uh, or else at collaborationmatters.com. So thank you, everybody, for taking part. Thank you for downloading and listening. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed today's podcast, and I, I would love to hear any feedback or any questions or or updates you have via the uh, the blog at thisweekinlotus.com. So until next week, I hope you enjoyed the podcast, and we'll speak to you soon. Bye.
0: All opinions expressed during this podcast are those of the participants only and do not necessarily represent those of their employer. This Week in Lotus is sponsored by Moo.com, the home of the finest custom business cards, mini cards, postcards and much more. For more information and for details of exclusive promotional offers, browse to thisweekinlotus.com. Moo.